Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Okay, we have uh, Sunday. It's 29 July. It's time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And it, uh, I just want to take a moment. We're finishing a book of the Bible today, the book of Esther. And anytime we come to some momentous event in the church, it reminds me that uh, we wouldn't have a church without the people that help the church. And I want to thank everybody that has helped out the ministry over the years and who continue to do so today. It means a great deal. And um, so... It's just one of those things that uh, I just very much appreciate because we've never asked for anything ever for this church and except one time to ask for people to help with a uh, letters for a uh, issue that was dealing with bars in the local area. But other than that, we've never asked for anything and yet people have stepped forward and, and offered to help and it means a great deal. So thank all of you who do that and uh, know that my heart truly appreciates this. I was coming in today and putting on the mustache wax and looking in the mirror. And I was just asking the Lord to bless the people that help out this ministry. And, you know, we've got Sergio over in uh, Israel that's there. He's doing certain things. And we've got somebody that I can't mention his name or where he's at, but he does all of the web work for us. And uh, uh, a lot of the things that people help out the ministry with go directly into what they do so that we can continue to stream online so that we can continue to uh, uh, have videos on YouTube. And so I just really appreciate it. Otherwise, we're a very, very small congregation. We may not even be able to make it without uh, the people that have helped. So once again, thank you very much. And just something off the cuff. I mean, it's one of those things I keep telling people not to do it and you keep seeing people do it and do it. And that's posting things like uh, predicting the rapture of the blood moon of a day or so ago. And it's one of those things that these signs that people keep coming up with and people keep spending billions of hours in front of the YouTube videos, wasting their time watching these rapture videos is these signs are not for the church age. It, if you would get that through your head, you wouldn't be worried about all of these type of things. Instead, you would be getting sound theology. Okay. Watch Prophecy Updates that speak about a general way that the world is heading towards the end times. But we are not, we are definitely not being given signs as such as blood moons and etc. So please be wise about these things and uh, don't get into those. And, you know, if you want to post that kind of stuff to me, I just, that's fine. If you want to send me those videos, I just don't watch them. It's not worth wasting your time over. So that's my little spiel on that. And... Our, oh, one more thing is that we have a abbreviated prophecy update today. I did five pages instead of six because we have a very long sermon to close out the book of Esther. If you have missed the book of Esther, you have missed a lot of really wonderful detail. I guarantee you that you have never seen sermons that carry over the detail that we have in these sermons. And that's because we have somebody that ran some computer programs and found acrostics, which have never been revealed before, and other type of things like that. So I would recommend that you go back and watch these Esther sermons, and they will finish up today. And there is a pattern in there that comes right out of the Bible, which most people that watch Prophecy Updates already agree with. It's on the board. I'll talk about it during the sermon. And uh, it is it is something that you will be rather astonished at how Esther is laid out. So having said that, our first category as always is Israel. 
And just a couple real short articles for Israel News today from Pink News, which is a gay news site. Nationwide strike underway in Israel after gay couples excluded from surrogacy law. It was going on over the past week, and it's still continuing on to some extent. But the LGBT community in Israel is taking to the streets today to protest the country's surrogacy law. Prime Minister Netanyahu has come under fire for his handling of a bill to legalize surrogacy in the Israeli parliament. Although the bill extended surrogacy rights to women who cannot naturally conceive, Netanyahu blocked an amendment from a Likud member of Knesset that would have extended the same right to gay couples and single men. The move has led to a tidal wave of fury against the state and Netanyahu personally, with massive protests taking place in Jerusalem, Tel Aviv, Haifa, and Carmiel. Protesters gathered outside of Netanyahu's office, residents in Jerusalem, chanting slogans accusing him of being a homophobe. Sunday is a working day in Israel, but it was reported that many of the country's largest businesses had notified employees that they would not face action for taking part in a planned general strike action to protest the law. Netanyahu, and here's where it all comes down to it with me, had originally supported the gay surrogacy amendment, but voted to block it allegedly after pressure from ultra-Orthodox lawmakers. So even Netanyahu is behind this, okay? He just, he wants to stay in power. He wants to have his coalition stay together. And so he blocked this. But that shows you exactly the state of Israel today, all right? And that, having said that, that leads directly directly into the contents of the book of Esther and what we're going to talk about today. If you want to know the state of Israel, what's going on and where they are hitting in this world, you watch these Esther sermons and you're going to understand that. But uh, a verse that I do not cite in um, this particular sermon, but which just came to mind and I read it from time to time during the prophecy updates, is because although I support Israel wholeheartedly because the Lord has planted them where they are, I do not support them for... um, the policies that they have published as a group of people and the things that they have done. And the Lord specifically says it several times in the book of Ezekiel. He says it in uh, Ezekiel 37, verse 32. Not for your sake do I do this, says the Lord God, but let it be known to you. Be ashamed and confounded for your own ways, O house of Israel. And he goes on and he says it elsewhere. Not for your sake, O house of Israel, do I do these things but for the sake of my holy name, which you have blasphemed among the nations wherever you went. The Jews are not free from condemnation because they're Jews. You know, that's a category mistake. We look at them and we say, oh, they're God's people. Well, they are God's people who are disobedient. And until they get this rectified, they're going to continue to have trouble. They're going to be continue to be persecuted. And they are going through the tribulation period as a national group of people. And two-thirds of them are going to die because of exactly what is happening in Israel right now. It's a disgrace. So I support Israel because God supports them having placed them in the land. But I do not support them for the things they do which are in rebellion to the Lord. Okay, And that's one thing that we need to not make that category mistake when we put our support behind a group of people. It doesn't mean that they're all perfect. I am against the Democrat Party of the United States, 100%. There is nothing good that comes out of the Democrat Party of the United States. However, I support the Republican Party. I don't support everything the Republican Party supports. It's the same thing with Israel. We need to be wise and we need to be discerning in what we say I will stand behind and what I will not stand behind. So please keep that in mind. One more short, just the title from the Times of Israel. 
majority of Israelis back LGBT protests, new poll finds. So there you go. From Christian News Today, I have a wonderful announcement for you concerning the book of Philemon. I mentioned it about 30 days ago that we would be starting the book of Philemon, and after 25 verses, we will be finishing that on Monday. Okay, so if you didn't do that, then you'll never get that information and you'll continue to just watch Prophecy Updates and waste your time. Um, But if you want to learn the book of Hebrews, we will be starting that on Tuesday. It's a very complicated book. Uh, Many people have read it and not understood it because they've never gone into the Old Testament sacrificial system to understand it. But it is a book that as we go through it, you are going to learn probably more theology than you will ever learn in the rest of your life. If you go through the 303 verses of Hebrews with us, you can go to the Today icon on the Superior Word website, and you can click on it, and you can read it every day. Or if you miss a day, you can go right into the archives and just go to the epistles and, you know, written and then epistles and down down into the book of Hebrews and catch up on what you've missed. Or you can follow along on Facebook. But this is a marvelous book. It will teach you things that probably the bad doctrine that you have, a lot of it comes from either the book of Acts or the book of Hebrews, not observing something or applying something that you shouldn't be applying. The book of Hebrews will get you sound doctrine. It'll get you wonderful doctrine. And especially if you're in the Hebrew roots movement, you want to follow along with this because you're going to see the error of your ways. Okay. It says specifically three times in the book, the law of Moses is annulled in Christ. It is set aside in Christ and it is obsolete. And once again, the book of Esther is going to show you that in a unique way today. So please, if you are stuck in the Hebrew roots movement, you need to learn sound theology. You need to understand what Christ did. This is what you should be doing, okay? Watch two less prophecy updates a week and read these devotionals that I post, and you will learn, okay? So having said that from Christian News, we have um, from CBN, we stand with Israel which is something I agree with. Nikki Haley cites her faith in Jesus. Now, I didn't know she was a Christian, but she cites her faith in Jesus as a reason for support of Israel. Yeah, Ambassador Nikki Haley, she comes from a Sikh family. I don't know if you know that, Indian uh, Sikh family, but she converted to Christ here some years ago. So we'll start again. You, Ambassador Nikki Haley, delivered the keynote address before an audience of thousands at the Christians United for Israel Summit in D.C., Change, she says, comes with leadership and clarity from the United States. That leadership and clarity was on full display when President Trump made the bold and right decision to move the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem, she said. Jerusalem has historically been, is now, and will always be the capital of Israel. So you wonder why she is always defending Israel in the United Nations and she stands against the entire world? It's because of her faith in Christ. She understands that the Bible tells us that Israel is God's people. Once again, watch these Esther sermons, and you get to chapter 10, which is only three verses long. We're going to talk about, for like I said, it's going to be probably an hour and a half long sermon, but it is going to show you some things that are rather amazing. Okay, and I had to cut out a ton. We could have gone on for four hours on this sermon and just scratched what we have gone through in the past nine chapters. It is a marvelous adventure. Anyway, um, Haley also took a stand for Israel amidst violent protests on the Gaza border in May. While most of the world condemned the Jewish state for responding to the Molotov cocktails and flaming tire attacks, Haley made her voice loud and clear in the United Nations. When I heard country after country in the UNSC critically standing in judgment of Israel, I spoke out. 
What I said shocked the people at the UN, but I'll say it again because it's the truth. Israel has acted with more restraint than just about any country would under those same conditions. Haley told the crowd of Christians and Jews that it is her faith in Christ that has driven her strong support of Israel. I am not Jewish, even though that surprises some people. I was not raised as a Christian either. 20 years ago, my faith journey brought me to Christianity, where I have found strength in my faith and trust in my heart. But I am also a person who is humble in faith. I don't claim to have the wisdom of what God has in store for me or for other people. What I do know is that God has blessed America with greatness and with goodness, and I know that in the dangerous world we live in, it is absolutely critical for America to stand up and have the backs of our friends. Haley summed up her message with, we stand with Israel. Wonderful job. I'm happier and happier to know more about her every day. I had no idea. She was, yeah, Seek, the guys that wear the turbans and all that. Yeah, I've got, I'll have a photo of her with her family there on the uh, Prophecy Update video. So there you go. Uh, From Forward, this is kind of one of those things that I like to warn people about, like blood moons and predicting the rapture and all that. This is one of those things as well, but it's an interesting article despite that, and then I'll explain why I've included this article in here. Google Translate keeps spitting out creepy religious prophecies. Does a new trend involving goofing around with Google Translate show something silly or sinister? That's what Vice wanted to know when they asked Google about something strange they had discovered. If you input random or meaningless words, the process doesn't return gibberish back, but rather what appears to be knockoff biblical prophecy. For example, typing in the word dog 19 times and telling Google to translate it from Maori to English gives the result doomsday clock is three minutes at 12. We are experiencing characters and a dramatic developments in the world, which would indicate that we are increasingly approaching the end times and Jesus' return. So that's what you get if you put that in there, okay? And typing combinations of letters, A-G, repeatedly from Somali leads to references to cubits and the Hebrew nation. Harvard professor Andrew Rush told Vice that the results likely come from Google Translate's neural machine system, which tries to teach itself to find corresponding words when translating one language to another. When users feed in random letters, the machine still does its best to find some result that looks like normal English. Okay, having said that, the reason why I brought in this article is because, of course, you are going to go to Prophecy websites and you're going to find all kinds of goofy people that are saying, it's Google is now predicting the rapture on 13 March of whatever. This is what's going to happen because people now will read articles about Google putting in things about Jesus and they're going to just start making crazy stuff up. So they get a lot of views on YouTube and they get a lot of revenue from their, you know, monetizing their videos and et cetera. Okay, that's absolutely insane. Okay, the reason why Google picks Bible verses for prophecy, can anybody think of this? Because I knew it before I got to the end of the article, which I will read you to confirm what I'm about to say. Why would it do that? It's because the Bible is the standard text in all of the English language. Anything you're translating from English to anything else is always by the Bible. The Cyrillic language, for example, which is the um, the alphabet for the Cyrillic languages, which are Russian and Slavic and all that, those Cyrillic characters, were developed by a man named Kirill and his brother Methodius. And they did that for one reason and one reason only, to translate the Bible into Slavic languages. The, the languages around the world, many, many, many of them, hundreds if not thousands of them, were developed specifically for 
people uh, evangelizing people in countries that had no Bible at all. They had no written language. And so languages are developed by people in order to communicate the gospel. And then that becomes the source text. So it's obvious if Google only has a couple of, of books or resources in a given language, they're going to go to the default one, which is Google, I'm sorry, which is the Bible, to give you the information that it's trying to tell you. So here's what it says. Another research speculated that Google uses the Bible to train its model in the languages that often offer these results. These languages don't have a large history body of written works with direct English translations to learn from, apart perhaps from missionary materials. And I know that because I went to uh, Wycliffe. I went through the training at Wycliffe to become a Bible translator and go overseas and translate the Bible. Okay, so I already knew that this was the case. After selling all of my favorite birds and getting ready to go, my wife said, I really don't have my heart in this. And I thought, well, the Lord gave me her long before he gave me the desire to translate the Bible. And so we stayed here in Sarasota without all of those birds that I used to own. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Anyway, um, so uh, that's the deal with that. And that's why I'm preaching instead of translating the Bible over in Micronesia. Okay. Or Vanuatu is where I really wanted to go because we've got lots of people that need the Bible over there and they've got all kinds of languages. But um, there you go. That's the story with that. If you see a prophecy update with something goofy about Google Translate, just ignore it, okay? From Islam Today, from Fox News, Hungary joins U.S. in withdrawing from U.N. Global Migrant Agreement. Man, they are making the right moves in Hungary right now, and it's making me hungry talking about them. So, Okay, Hungary's populist government announced that it is withdrawing from a U.N. Global Compact on Migration describing the agreement as in conflict with common sense, which is exactly what it is, and national security, making it the second country after the United States to reject the compact. The primary issue for us is the security of Hungary and the Hungarian people, which is what it should be, right? And this document is totally at odds with the country's security interests. Hungarian Foreign Minister Peter, can't pronounce his last name, said the U.S. pulled out of talks in December with then-Secretary of State Rex Tillerson, arguing that it could undermine America's right to enforce its immigration laws and secure its borders. The U.S. supports international cooperation on migration issues, but it is the primary responsibility of sovereign states to help ensure that migration is safe, orderly, and legal. Hungary's decision is unlikely to surprise many observers. As with President Trump, Prime Minister Orban's ruling whatever party has made cracking down on mass migration a focus of its agenda and comfortably won re-election in the country's national elections in April, campaigning on that very issue. Their party looks like the Fidesz party, but I don't know if that's correct pronunciation or not. But it was funny. When I was reading this article and putting it into the Prophecy Update this week, I had the mango sign out, and people were coming and buying mangoes. And a Hungarian comes up, and I said, I was just doing a study on your country. I said, about your prime minister, Orban. And she said, oh, do you speak Hungarian? I said, no. She said, nobody pronounces that right. And I said, well, I, I guess I got it. But anyway, um, and then we had somebody from Macedonia yesterday. They actually live in New Jersey. But her name was Ole, which is, you know, kind of sounds Spanish. I went to her, Ole, Ole, and she was laughing. And Anyway, so met some really wonderful people this year from all over the world selling mangoes. It's just always wonderful to meet the people. And usually what I do, Hidako doesn't like me to sell the mangoes because I usually give them a whole bunch for free. I'm like, you know, just here, take them. And she's like, oh, no, must sell mangoes. So whatever. 
Anyway, from times, what's that? Evangelize? Uh, evangelize, yes, when we can, because you know we have right on above the front door, let everything that has breath praise the Lord, and we got Bible verses around the walls and stuff, and we also have the Star Trek uh, thing that says if you enter here, we have uh, uh, guards on duty, and it's got pictures of Kirk and Spock, and they're all <laughs> pointing and, you know, with their lasers at you. But anyway, um, yeah, we try to have a good mix of stuff on the side of our walls at the house. But from the times of Israel, Abbas vows to continue stipends to terrorists even with PA's last penny. So he's still sticking to this even though they have lost almost all of their funding. They are really in a hurt locker and they still are adamant we are going to continue to fund these terrorists. And then from Aretz Shiva, Abbas says the martyrs have priority over everything, including feeding their own people. The martyrs and the, the killing of people has priority over everything, he says. So, hey, I got no sympathy on them. I got, I can't even squeeze tight enough to show you how little sympathy I have on them right now. Okay, Mongolia News today from Mail Online. This is something I did a report on about a year ago, and it's repeated again this year with new numbers. It's a wonderful story. I got a, two or three friends that attend online or watch the YouTube videos, and they... Um, they love horses. And so when I read this, I said, this is for them. Here we go. Released to save their species, Zubred Przewalski's horses, I guess is how you pronounce it. They're little horses that were bred in Mongolia, are freed into the plains of Mongolia where their ancestors roamed for centuries, having been battled back from just one surviving animal. These Przewalski's horses, or however you pronounce it, they were down to one, and they have brought them back from the brink of uh, extinction. Now, remember, these little horses are the horses that the Mongols rode and almost, you know, conquered the entire world, the known world at the time, on these teeny little horses. Here we go. Hopefully that last one was pregnant. Yeah, that last one was pregnant. Well, I think what they had to do is interbreed another horse into it just ah, to save the species. Vets from the Prague Zoo transported several rare Przewalski's horses to Mongolia to release them into the wild. Four new mares from different zoos traveled thousands of miles by crate to be set free as a part of the project. The sandy beige mares are set to join wild herds in Talkintal, meaning the wild horse steppe, where 220 Przewalski's horses now gallop free. In 1969, there was just one. Prague Zoo, which has bred Przewalski's horses since 1932 and keeps the world genealogy book for the endangered species tracking all new births, launched a project to reintroduce the animals to Mongolia in 2011. So that's wonderful stuff. I like that kind of article. From Daniel uh, 12 Technology Today, Science and Tech Study, Electric Cars Actually increase pollution. This goes back to May. I just saw the article and it excites me so much I thought I'd read it to you. As and What's that? Irony of the week, definitely. Yeah, technology irony here. An in-depth study found that contrary to widespread belief, zero emissions vehicles actually increase the amount of pollution that is emitted into the atmosphere. The Manhattan Institute published Short Circuit the High Cost of Electric Vehicle Subsidies, a report that analyzes the cost of electric automobiles and their effectiveness to clean the environment. The findings, electric vehicles increase the amount of pollution into the atmosphere compared to new internal combustion vehicles. There are two major causes. Lesser said for the uh, rampant misconception of EVs and their effect on the environment. 
One is incorrect comparisons and a lack of awareness about the amount of electricity EVs consume because you have to plug them in. It's not like you're getting free energy. The energy has to come from somewhere and it comes from a coal-producing plant or a nuclear plant or whatever. It's not just something that comes out of the you know, atmosphere like people must think. And then um, it says the appropriate comparison isn't the difference between an electric vehicle and an old gas guzzler. It's the difference between an electric car and a new gas car. And new internal combustion engines are really clean. Today's vehicles emit about only 1% of the pollution they did back in the 1960s. And new innovations continue to improve those engines' efficiency and cleanliness. This ultimately means EVs are largely dependent on fossil fuels to operate. The study found that if EVs were replaced with new internal combustion vehicles, the amount of pollution in the air would actually decrease. Yes, the study did in fact find that EVs decreased the uh, amount of CO2 compared to new internal combustion vehicles. However, the benefit is so minuscule it is rendered meaningless. There you go with that. So if you have an electric car, you are harming the environment. Please get rid of it as quickly as possible. From Mail Online, the end of the oily bike chain. These guys have developed something new and very, very cool. No more bike chains. Danish, this is a bike rider here. He rides 20 miles every single morning, which is absolutely crazy. But um, he, uh, he can now have something without a chain on it. Danish firm unveils prototype cycle driven by high-tech shaft that spins the back wheel. Instead of having a chain, you've got a shaft. It's, it's like a, yeah, it's very cool. Drive train. Uh, it's a drivetrain. It's a drivetrain. Yes, new design from Danish company could consign the dreaded chain to history. System creates almost 50% less friction than most conventional bikes. Okay, he's not crazy. Riding 20 miles a day is crazy. That's the difference. I want to make sure everybody understands that. Jim is almost completely normal. I didn't refute the first Okay. <laughs> All right. From Well, Linda may be watching. If she is, I don't want to get beaten up or a purse over my head. Okay. From Yahoo. Oh, Revelation Plagues here. From Yahoo. High risk of losing control of AIDS epidemic, experts say. The AIDS epidemic risks resurging and spiraling out of control unless billions of extra dollars are pumped into prevention and treatment, experts warned. An alarming rate of new infections coupled with an exploding population of young people in hard-hit countries meant the world could be steering for a crisis of epic proportions. Bad things will happen if we don't have more money. Well, it's always money. Money is the cure to everything. Even the Bible says that. Uh, the word was, that's a book of Ecclesiastes, if you don't know what I'm talking about. Solomon says that. Anyway, the uh, world was probably at the highest risk ever of losing control of this epidemic because of demographics and because of countries not paying attention the way they once did or never did in some cases. Under Donald Trump, okay, here it comes, blame Trump, the U.S. admin has proposed massive spending cuts, though these have failed to pass through Congress so far. The U.S. is by far the biggest funder of the global AIDS response. According to UN AIDS, there was a funding gap of almost $7 billion. If we don't pay now, we will pay more and more later. Well, when the ball drops and the economies all collapse, guess what? It is going to take off like you can't believe. That's why I include these things. is isn't because of people saying we need more money and that's going to solve the issue. The issue is that these things are real. And when the ball drops and all of the money is dried up, there's going to be plagues. And we know that right from the book of Revelation. It's, the world's going to be in a really bad place. Um, it well, says... There was, um, there was a commercial this week that, on TV that just talked about the AIDS and how they've got 
all these new all these new medications that prevent AIDS. Even well, yeah, and that's that's a part of it. But yeah, yeah there you go. I mean, they've got these medications. What he said is they've got medications that uh, are supposed to take care of these things, but without funding. It doesn't make any difference. It makes no difference at all. So when the ball drops, the money won't be there, and these medications are going to do diddly. Okay? Experts lamented that the successful rollout of life-saving virus-suppressing drugs may have diverted necessary attention and cash away from the need to curb new HIV infections. ARVs are also increasingly being used mainly in rich countries, to prevent contracting the virus from sex. So they're using that as their own protective measure instead of not doing something that they shouldn't be doing. To meet the UN goal of ending AIDS as a public health threat, infections must be limited to 500,000 per year globally in just two years' time. Last year, 1.8 million new infections showed that unless we did something completely drastic, we will not get anywhere near the goal. And then it says, condoms work, she underlined, but only when they are available. Investment in condom distribution has dropped and less than half the need was being covered. Well, if they would teach abstinence and biblical values, all of this would go away. All of it would go away. But they're not willing to do that. They're not willing to say that you wait until you're married. Marry a person that you have fallen in love with or that your family's arranged for whatever, but you are going to be committed to that person for the rest of your life. That is what we need to be doing. Or, yeah, don't let gay people give blood. We were talking about that yesterday at the uh, blood bank. You know, I gave blood for, I gave up to 15 gallons here in Sarasota. And I also gave uh, in the military, and then I gave before I went in the military. So I probably have 20 gallons of blood that I can donate. But I can't donate anymore because over the years your blood weakens and it shows false positives. And then they do a test on you and it says, well, you have positive. And then they do the confirmation test and it says, no, you don't have it. But the problem is that once you have failed the first test and the second test, they will not take your blood even though you're confirmed as not having it. This is very common among people that donate long term. And so what did they do? They say we need blood. And they asked the gays to come and give blood, which was never allowed before, but because it's a politically correct society, that's what's now happening. And so that's going to infect our blood system as well. So there you go. From the Daily Caller, HIV up in 50 countries, especially Eastern Europe. So you can see it it is growing. It is blooming, and the end times are close. The medicine won't be available, and it is going to be horrifying in this world. Okay, and then from Zero Hedge, U.S. Southwest suffering heat and drought not seen since the 1930s Dust Bowl. Does anybody know why I read that article to you, that title to you? I'll read it again. (laughs) U.S. Southwest suffering heat and drought not seen since the 1930s Dust Bowl. Well, yeah, the point is that they have seen it in our history. In the 1930s, they had this. And they're saying it's all global change and this is this is out of the normal. And we can't you know, we've got to stop using uh, electric vehicles because they pollute too much. (laughs) Anyway, the point is that they have had this same thing just in the lifetime of some people that are still alive here today. Okay, that's why I read that title is because when you are told these things about global warming and all that, none of them are without precedent. None of them. The one that they said a couple years ago, the Mideast was having a drought that was unprecedented in 800 years. Well, guess what? They had one 800 years ago. So it's not true. It's just and, you know, I was listening to Rush a couple weeks ago while I was driving and he said the global the problem with the global climate people is that they set this as the world standard. 
the past 20 years or whatever, and they say this is a standard. Well, how do we know that the standard wasn't a thousand years ago? We need to go look at tree rings. They've set a standard and they say anything outside of this is climate change or global warming or global cooling or whatever they call it. Untrue. There is no such thing as a standard. The world does what it does. And as Ray noted, we are heading into the end times where the Lord is purposely pushing the world to where it is going to go over the brink. And all of this heat, you know, the people are seared by heat. Revelation 19, 6, I think. That's all coming because the people have failed to give glory to God. That's exactly the reason that the Bible says. That's why we're facing these things. Okay, morality today. I entitled this absolutely crazy. NBC, boy or girl, parents raising babies. Let's kids decide. Okay, they're not babies, they're babies. Three-year-old twins Zyler and Caden Sharp scurried around the boys' and girls' clothing racks of a narrow consignment store filled with toys. Zyler, wearing rainbow leggings, scrutinized a pair of hot pink and purple sneakers. Caden, in a T-Rex shirt, fixated on a musical cube that flashed colorful lights. At a glance, the only discernible difference between these fraternal twins is their hair. Zyler's is brown and Caden's is blonde. Is Zyler a boy or a girl? How about Caden? There's a question their parents, Nate and Julia Sharp, say only the twins can decide. This is the problem, is people like this. They need to be taken out and they need to be put in an insane asylum, the children taken away from them, and they should never be released. These are people that are damaging human beings by their attitude, and they're being applauded. They're being applauded. Yeah. The Cambridge, Massachusetts couple represent a small group of absolutely insane parents, I added that in, raising babies, children being brought up without gender designation from birth. A Facebook community for these parents currently claims about 220 members across the United States. All 220 of them should be located based on their Facebook profiles, arrested, and put in prison or in an insane asylum. Yeah, look them up on a Democrat voting roll, because that's where they are. For us, it means raising our kids with gender-neutral pronouns, so they, them, their, rather than assigning he, she, him, her, from birth based on their anatomy. Parents in the United States are increasingly raising children outside of traditional gender norms. As I've said the third week in a row, it is a cultural thing. They are pushing this on the culture. It has nothing to do with what is normal or what is proper. Nothing. Okay, it goes on um, allowing boys and girls to play with the same toys, to wear the same clothes, though experts say this is happening mostly in progressive, well-to-do enclaves, which doesn't surprise me a bit. But what makes this gender-open style of parenting stand out and even controversial in some circles is that the parents do not reveal the sex of their children to anyone. Even the children who are aware of their own body parts and how they may differ from others are not taught to associate these body parts with being a boy or a girl. If no one knows a child's sex, their parents theorize the child can be pigeonholed into gender stereotypes. From Christian News, end of male and female good for all peer claims. This is over in the UK. A world where men have babies and women have male things would be good for us all. A Listen to this. A member of the House of Lords has extraordinarily claimed. Lord Lucas, who also ought to be in an insane asylum, spoke out in a debate about the government's new LGBT action plan. 
and its consultation on weakening laws on gender reassignment. Lord Lucas, a conservative, imagine the liberals, a conservative member of the House of Lords who describes himself as a libertarian said it was time to free up the world for all of us, he said. We are moving to a world where it will become commonplace, if uncommon, for men to have babies and women to have men's parts. That is the end of the fiction of binary gender. I absolutely think that this is good for all. While calling for great care from the government on allowing children to get sex change drugs, he said showing a wholehearted commitment to change gender should be enough for the adults. Labor's Lord Cashman and Baroness Gale described his speech as wonderful. In her response to the debate, Minister of State Baroness Williams of Trafford reiterated the government's pledge of a further 4.5 million pounds for LGBT issues and said more details would be forthcoming. Absolutely crazy. From her other category, Zero Hedge. Venezuela surpasses Weimar. Everybody know the Weimar uh, Republic in Germany where there was hyperinflation? You see pictures of the Germans walking in with wheelbarrows full of money just to get a loaf of bread? Venezuela surpasses Weimar as hyperinflation expected to hit 1 million percent. We were at 43,000 percent a month ago. They figure by the end of the year, they had said during that article 430,000 percent. They underestimate it. They will hit 1 million percent by year end. Venezuela's annualized inflation hit an annualized rate of 482,153%, with food prices soaring 183% in one month, according to the latest IMF forecast. Venezuela's hyperinflation by the end of the year will hit 1 million percent as the government continues to simply print money in hopes of filling the void of what was once the country's economy. The revised forecast means that as of right now, Venezuela's hyperinflation has officially surpassed the Weimar Republics, where the highest recorded monthly inflation was a timid 29,500%, resulting in prices doubling every 3.7 days. In addition to a record-breaking hyperinflation, the IMF also expects the Venezuelan economy to contract 15% this year, leading to a cumulative GDP decline since 2013 of 50%. Venezuela's collapse, while contained, is so profound, it is now holding back the rebound of the entire region. One country is stagnating the entire region. While Latin America is expected to grow 1.9% this year, the number would have been 2.5% without Venezuela. The good news is that the strong U.S. economic growth, largely the result of a fiscal stimulus sugar high, is providing a solid backdrop to the rest of the continent. Recent trends in the world economy and financial markets are good news for Latin America. In other words, because we have our president, they are safe from going completely bankrupt, completely bankrupt. And if we had the same rate of growth that we had under our previous president, they would have already gone under. So that's what's happening there. The IMF spared any commentary or warning that Venezuela should serve as a cautionary tale to any government that refuses to live within its means. In other words, they completely ignored the root of the problem because they are socialists at the IMF and they want this all over the world because the end times is coming. And this is just a little picture of what is coming. People want socialism. They got that crazy lady up in New York they're thinking about putting into Congress. That, that is where we are heading. With people like that running the nations of the world, we are going to be facing this on a global scale. That's what this says right here. So there you go. Reuters. Oh, I'm fired up today. I'm just so angry. <laughs> Let's see here. Venezuela to remove five 
zeros from their ailing currency. Venezuela will remove five zeros from the Bolivar currency rather than the three zeros originally planned. They said, well, we're going to index our money. We're going to take off three zeros. They can't do it. They have to take off five just to have, instead of having 14 wheelbarrows full of money for a loaf of bread, they only need seven now for a loaf of bread. Okay. President Nicolas Maduro said Wednesday in an effort to keep up with inflation projected to reach one million percent this year. From Zero Hedge. Trump to revoke California's power to fight smog. Oh, are they? They went ballistic when he did this. In a move that will infuriate environmentalists everywhere, but especially in California, the Trump admin is seeking to repeal California's authority to regulate automobile emissions in a proposed revision of Obama-era standards. The proposal, which will be released later this week, represents a frontal assault on one of BO's signature regulatory programs to curb greenhouse gas emissions that contribute to climate change. So this is what the left is saying, but it's not true, we know. It all sets up a high-stakes battle over California's unique ability to combat air pollution, and if finalized, it is sure to set off a protracted courtroom battle. And since the revamp also includes California's mandate for electric car sales, it represents a gut punch to the likes of Elon Musk, who recently announced a deal to begin work on a factory in China. The proposed overhaul would also put the brakes on federal rules to boost fuel efficiency in the next decade. Instead, it will cap federal fuel economy requirements at the 2020 level, which under federal law must be at least 35 miles per gallon fleet average rather than letting them rise to roughly 50 miles per gallon by 2025, as envisioned in the plan left by Obama. The EPA will propose revoking the Clean Air Act waiver that is granted to California that has allowed the state to regulate carbon emissions from vehicle tailpipes and force car makers to sell electric vehicles in the state in higher numbers. Separately, the USNHTSA will assert that California is barred from regulating greenhouse gas emissions from autos under the 1970 law that established the first federal fuel efficiency requirements. In other words, in what amounts to a full-blown war between the White House and California, the admin will put its weight behind the dramatic overhaul, including the revocation of California's cherished authority. Needless to say, if Trump, his plans sticks, it would represent his biggest regulatory rollback yet. It all comes down to saving the government money, saving the country from destroying itself by liberal policies. And he's at the forefront of it. Thank goodness for our president. From Breitbart, Gallup poll. No one, no one believes climate change is America's biggest problem. America's came up with 36 answers to a Gallup poll asking the biggest problem currently facing the country, and no one answered climate change, with only 2% even mentioning the environment at all. That was a Gallup poll from last week. There you go. Mail online. Identical twin sisters are running for office in Michigan, but one is a Democrat while the other is a Trump supporter. Okay, I posted this on my Facebook wall. It shows you that identical twins are not really identical. One of them can be insane and the other one can be normal. <laughs> Monica Sparks and Jessica Tyson are identical twins who live in neighboring electoral districts in Michigan and are running for office. But Sparks is a Democrat while Tyson is a Republican and a supporter of Trump. Good lady. 
Pair admit that they have often had debates about their differing political views, but they insist that their differences have not caused a riff in their relationship. There you go. Good stuff. And uh, let's see. I've got a lesser for you today. Let's see if you can guess what article I'm going to read. Oh, wait. I'm not going to do it. I have somebody else to do it for you. I've got Les here. Les is going to give you a lesser. <laughs> oh, thank you. Wow. What a good crowd. Yes, it is said, garbage in, garbage out. It's an adage of which there's no doubt. Google Translate is proof that it's really a spoof. So be leery of taking this route. And I also have something else which Charlie knows about. Behind every good man is a good woman, and that's, uh, that's the one that inspires me. But the one that I have here, uh, she made this for his good wife. There you go. And uh, she does, Kathy does um, Afghans and things of that sort. Uh, she does a lot of them for hospice, but uh, she also does it anyway. It's, uh, so this is for Hidako. All right, thank you very much. You're I'll make welcome. sure she gets that. Thank All you, Les. Right. Thanks, Charlie. Wonderful having you here. Thank you. Okay, more or less, more or less, there you go. I've got irony of the week for you. Actually, I've got two, and we'll be done. This is entitled For Sale, For Jail, from WISTV. Oh, blank, 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 what's up, guys? Man mistakenly brings drugs to an unmarked canine police vehicle in South Carolina. He's trying to sell drugs, and he goes up to the police. And then from the Lexington Herald, Woman accused of selling meth in Magoffin courtroom while waiting for the judge to appear. Oh yeah, not, not real bright bulbs out there in the world today. Such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, and our uh, satellite church over in Iligan City, the Philippines, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is The Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week. <laughs>